Not the worry. Netflix is very user friendly. <laughs> That's true. It did save my spot. Bam. It's very intuitive, which is very scary. It's ready to go. Right on. You don't even give me the chance to break into things nice and evenly because once again, <laughs> we're just skipping right over the freaking intro song. Yep. It's another long one. Yeah, and I don't think it even plays. No, it plays. What are you, a monster? <laughs> Hi, everyone, (laughs) and welcome to episode 22 of Full Impact, where we'll be covering episode 22 of the series titled Staying Human, or at least be human, or don't be, whichever one you prefer. Uh, Just a reminder that if you're not using Netflix to watch, um, you might be missing out on some scenes because these are the director's cuts. Um, For instance, this particular episode is almost half an hour long, which is quite a bit longer uh, than we're used to. So, got some extra stuff. Fact. Facts. Also, don't forget to stay tuned through the end of today's podcast episode because we have some very special news that we'd love to share with you. And if you turn out before the end, you'll never know what it is. And if something happens to you, your life will just end on be unfulfilled. So don't miss out. Stay tuned. All the way to the end, kids. All the way to the end. Stay through with your goals. You can do it. All right. So we start right off. We are with... Um, Kaji and Asuka. No introductions today? What, you don't think they know who who I am? (laughs) Come on. Hey, you told me to call you out the next time I'm calling you out. Alright, you called me out. Now that I'm sufficiently (laughs) embarrassed now, you don't know by now. If If you're 22 episodes in and you don't already know, I am your host, Nick. And with me, unfortunately, always, is Allison. That's me, guys. I know you know, but we just want to remind you. And I gotta, I gotta call things out when I see them. That's what we're here for, right? right the I full guess so. impact promise. I guess I'm just so enamored by the the show, you know. I mean, I don't I'm blame a very you. Very humble person. This is a this is a big this is a big one, and I know that we say that very often, but there's there's really a lot going on in this one, and a lot of things come clear. Er. <laughs> player-ish. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. So as I was saying, we got Kaji and Asuka chilling at the night. They had like a picnic or something. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing here. I think Which just is... kind of, yeah, hanging out. Yes, and I believe what, they're leaving for Japan the next day? I believe so, yes. Um... And so, you know, Asuka, I mean, we knew that she's been like this, but she's still just trying to get with Kaji. She's just so desperate to be a, treated like a full-fledged adult. Yeah, it's, it's, 
I wrote down a poor ponytail, which I never thought that I would ever say, but um, she she kind of harasses him, and it's it's uncomfortable to watch her do, um, both as a viewer and as a person. <laughs> um, but you're right; it is it is it just shows clearly her need to be seen and and acknowledged and praised, and you know just just her main theme throughout. Um, but it's it's an uncomfortable with him and. and he's good about kind of deferring her so i gotta give him props there yeah you know and he even you know before oscar even knew what shinji looked like he's like yeah you know third child's a boy you know you want to get with him and she's like i don't even know this kid but i can tell he's a fucking loser (laughs) yeah well and he's also you know your age like ponytail's a little bit out of your age range at this point oscar yeah come on Come on, Asuka. Little girl. But she does talk about, uh, they make mention of Miss M being there. Yes. And I wonder if that's why Kaji's so kind of absent-minded, or if it's just just him living in the moment. Um, Could be, but you raise a good point. Um, You know, he could be reminiscing or foreshadowing or some sort of ponytailish creepy thing <laughs> i mean and this is also i mean he's just, the day before he's transporting the sample of adam to gendo too so uh-huh. might be nervous who knows yeah, what goes on yeah who knows what goes on in the mind of kaji nobody brioji kaji ponytail so she insists that she's in an adult. We get this like flash, 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 flash of a bunch of images, and then we end on a decapitated doll. Yeah, I like to call this um, Red's "I'm about to trip" montage, uh, <laughs> where she kind of goes into this like, psychedelic thing. I, I'm, I feel like this um, has happened before with Shinji, right about when we, you know, get some really good information and possibly a flashback. Yeah. And it's creepy. It's a creepy doll. It definitely is creepy. That's you can't deny that. So then we transition not to the title sequence, but now we're at um, Asuka's mother's funeral with a young Asuka. All the children are just stupid cute. I mean, she is adorable. You want to hate her little guts, but she she really is super cute. And the the adults are just straight. Like spitting facts about her death, just in, right in front of her. Yeah, she's not paying attention. Yeah. So they talked about how her mother died um, during a contact experiment that she was a part of and um, advocated for, and that the results of her accident had made her have a mental breakdown, and she later uh took her life that's and... some heavy shit <laughs> For a little kid. i mean that's 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 some serious life-changing stuff there and i mean especially at that age you need your parents you need your mom especially for a little girl and she basically watched her like deteriorate and and she uses that doll as oscar so just think about how that must make her feel and like it's now things are starting to become clear as to why oscar is who she is because this this is a lot for a little kid to take in yeah and and you're right she um her mother 
has this ongoing delusion that the doll is Asuka and that the real Asuka is just some some kid. Some, some kid. Yeah, some kid she doesn't know. So And I do have a question. So the two people that are talking over, are we supposed to know who they are? I believe... I mean, I don't have my volume on, but I'm pretty sure it is Asuka's father Father, and the nurse that is taking care of her mother. Okay, because they do mention a Dr. Langley, um, and we know that Asuka's middle name is Langley. um, So I assumed that it was her father, but I wasn't sure if we were supposed to know who the woman was. Um, But yeah, that clears that up. Um, Yeah, I think it's the nurse of some sort um i really have to fact check this if there if there even is a place i can do such a thing but well listen if you have a theory we'd always love to hear it my theory and i don't know if i'm just coming up with it off the cuff here or if i read it somewhere is that um oscar's father um fell for the nurse that was taking care of her mother and that's who became her uh stepmother Aha, uh-huh. yes. Because and the reason I brought even brought it up was because they seemed pretty chummy chummy like yeah. toward the end of the conversation. So it seemed to imply that they had more of a relationship or we should know who that is, but yeah, because she does reference her stepmother early on, I believe. Um and I don't believe she had a fond experience of her from Yeah. <laughs> no, and you know, they're talking about um god and how we might just be god's dolls that he plays with and uh the man is talking about how you know she hardly sounds like a practitioner of medicine and she's like oh well you know first and foremost i'm a human and also like a woman and then you see like a image of a locked door handle so i think it's somewhat implied there yeah we we get some sounds again (laughs) Um, and Asuka kind of standing there and, you know, this is a lot for a, a kid of that age to handle uh, anyway. And then to have all of this compounded, like, no wonder, no wonder. Um, they, there was one quote that, um, really got me and it was, <laughs> I believe it was, uh, Dr. Langley. Maybe there isn't much of a difference between humans and dolls. And, you know, in in the context of that there's a God, you know, quote unquote, playing dolls with us, it's that's kind of a weird concept to think about, you know, because <laughs> you can correlate those two things. You know, if, if he created us, then he has the ability to control us the same way that we, you know, acquire dolls, play with them, do what we want with them. Um, I just thought it was an interesting concept to think about. I was... Yeah, and if we think about like uh, you know like concepts of like predestination and stuff like that, then you know it even aligns itself even more with us just kind of being dolls if our destiny is set out before us already. Yeah, like we don't have any input in what happens to us. It's already been predetermined or it's, it's just at the whim of someone who created us. So, yeah, it's it's definitely something to think about and that can be applied going forward. But I just thought I'd bring that part up because it really it, it stuck out to me. 
Yeah. And so we end this particular scene. Um, there's a woman talking to young Asuka at the funeral again. And it's Asuka saying how she won't cry, how she um, doesn't need anybody. She'll live on her own, take care of herself. Um, and then we transition to modern day Asuka. And I think that's, you know, within this, we're only three minutes into the show and we have a such a greater understanding of Asuka's backstory and why she's such the, you know, snarky, little bratty, independent girl that she is. It, totally. And, you know, I, it... It annoyed me a little bit with the that whole exchange with that woman implying that just because she wasn't crying that she didn't necessarily have an emotion about it. I mean, oh, don't, yeah. And, and that that's lady. yeah, exactly. Like, you don't know me, lady. Like, <laughs> you know, maybe I'm all cried out. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of ways people grieve things that you should never, you know, judge someone for that. And I think that to, to equate, you know, bravery with not crying is is incredibly ignorant on that lady's part and especially to a little kid so i just she she pissed me off i had to bring that up um and when we see asuka there's like almost like this look on her face of like distress like she's been thinking about this and this is and she i don't think she's ever dealt with any of the stuff that i know she hasn't dealt with any of the stuff that's happened to her so it's manifested into this bravado that she has and so um but her ego has taken quite a hit recently so she's she's in a rough spot and, and yeah. you feel bad for her. I mean, I think she's been able to get this far on the fact that she, you know, she had one-on-one attention with Kaji, um, at least for the time being that we knew while she was in Germany. She was Germany's only pilot. She was the best Ava pilot in the world. Um, and even though she didn't um, process the things that happened to her when she was younger, like her mother's death and, you know, her father getting back with, or not getting back, but getting with, you know, who is currently her stepmother and stuff that was, didn't really cause a problem for her until now because she does, she's not the best anymore and she's not having that attention and she doesn't have anyone. And so there's, there's not really anything there for her to stand on anymore. Yeah. She's, she's kind of crumbling. Poor sad Asuka. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do. I feel, I feel for her, and and we have a new perspective now on her shenanigans. Yeah, it's it's kind of it reminds me of I don't know if I used this already this example, but like when you're playing a video game and you get stuck on like a boss or something, and instead of like stopping. And like taking it some time and coming back to it, you just keep playing and you get angry and anger each time and you keep getting sloppier and sloppier and you just snowball and you just end up throwing the controller at the TV or something. I feel like that's kind of what she's what she's doing here. Yeah, I, I would agree with that analogy. Although I don't play many video games, I can certainly apply it to a lot of other things that, you know, you work at, you're, you know, trying to do and you just can't. And sometimes you have to walk away and I just don't think she has that, that capacity. Just think of the most frustrating game of Tetris you've ever played. <laughs> Still the greatest game out. Hands down. I dare anyone out there to challenge me. They might have Seriously, to battle don't. Minecraft for that title. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, please. There would be no Minecraft if there were no Tetris. So 
That wasn't but, the argument. This is a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally different podcast. <clears throat> so, yeah, Misato, we get some mumbo jumbo from Ritsuko, you know, them spouting words, uh, most of which we've talked about before. They're repairing Unit 2. Um, but they had, I believe they said that they had to repair Unit Zero first. They couldn't do both at the same time. Is that right? Mm-hmm. They didn't have the amount of resources they needed. Right, 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 right. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of mumbo. Mumbo to jumbo. But that's but, what we are here to do is un-mumbo jumbo it. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, they reused the same, like, apoptosis and necrosis. Just Yeah, there's... A lot yeah. of sciencey words. All out the there. words we've already we already got them, folks. If you don't know what they are, we've said them before. Start from the beginning. Go see, back. See what's happening? Yeah, <laughs> our, these episodes are timeless. You can go back time and time again, and they just get better with age, like a fine wine. I would agree with that. So then we get Misato talking about the angels. Um. And essentially her point is that we are using the very thing that has caused our near extinction to now save ourselves. Yeah. Uh, what? Just before we get into that, I want to make one point, too. They, they also said that uh, Unit 1 was currently grounded, right? Like, not an active duty while repairs are being made on the other two. So everybody's down at this point. Right. Yeah. Yes, I believe so. Okay. I know they do say that it's grounded. Okay. I don't know if I missed that part, but or if it hasn't happened yet. But <laughs> just to make that clear, currently um, grounded. Unit zero is being replaced or repaired. Unit two is next in line to be repaired. Got it. So sorry, right, we're back on Misato and. Yep, and then she starts talking to her boy, um, and he reveals to her that he has intel that uh, Ava units up through 13 have begun construction in multiplication, multiple locations around the world. Um, mass production. Mass production of Ava and Galleon units. Not good. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> The word mass production in this scenario is definitely not a good sign. No. So that would be... What is that? Would that be eight? Eight that they're making? Yes. Yes. Yes, because we have three. So there would be eight more, but we're two behind because of zero, correct? Or one behind. Well, because units so three and four have already been made and eliminated, so there must be. So now they're making five through thirteen. Five through thirteen. So that's uh, seven. And we seven. already have yeah. Um, but we also find out that they're using parts from units five and six in Germany to repair um, zero and two here. So I don't know. How many are they making? Why are they making so many? Not good. Why now? Yeah. 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 And and where it seems like this informant 
uh, seems to imply that they're like running out of resources or, you know, they're using basically robbing Peter to pay Paul type of situation on all these um, Ava's. And why are they in such a hurry to do this now? And so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of questions, but Miss M is kind of picking up where ponytail left off. It seems like with the secret meetings and trying to get to the bottom of what's happening. Cause she's a badass. Mm-hmm. Let's find out that their budget has been recently doubled. <laughs> yeah. Which they, have been, which they have been kind of scrapping for money uh, previously. Mm-hmm. And Misato, she's got that squinty eye. She's like, something fishy here. I'm yep. going to find out what it is. Yeah, it seems like they're getting desperate. Mm-hmm. So we transition. We have Asuka on the train platform trying to reach Kaji, whom she doesn't know is uh, dead now. Someone's told her. And she she sees Rei and Shinji across the platform just, like, chatting it up. Like, nothing's gone wrong. Everything's fine and dandy. Peachy. Yep. She's pissed. She gets really pissed about it. And I don't think she's mad at them, as we'll find out going forward. Um, I think that a lot of her anger is is outwardly because she's going through so much conflict internally. So, yeah, but she's she's just they've always been this way, though. And I think it's finally coming to a head for her that they don't react to anything. You know, Shinji's reaction to everything is just run away from it, hide under his covers and put his headphones on. Um, you know, Ray doesn't have any emotion about anything, it doesn't seem. And so, you know, she's really the only one that has any passion about anything that's going on and that pisses her off. And coming from someone who is passionate about a lot of things, I can understand how she must feel, you know? And plus, com- compounded with the fact that she did not do well this last time out it's it's hard for her and she's she's pissed yeah but i think it's also like she's kind of i know i know she's got a lot going against her so it's not all her fault by any means but i think she's also you know she's got a hand on the shovel that's digging her own grave here and you know looking at them she's she's thinking you know how they're just so annoying and like smug just like talking like nothing happened meanwhile she is all alone you know like just bitter about their interaction when she could just go over there and talk to them and they would just like (laughs) accept her like right in you know but she doesn't know that for sure and she hasn't been able she hasn't gotten the tools in her life to be able to cope with a situation like this. And I think this is a struggle for everybody to kind of see where someone else is coming from. They're, they're two sides of the same coin. They, they all have issues in their past, uh, but they just handle it differently. Shinji is collapses into himself and Asuka is outwardly, you know, emotional. So it's, but they both had trauma. It's just neither know how to deal with it. And those two types of people coming together can be very difficult because there's a, there is, there's a lot of resentment. Well, why do why don't you understand my side of, of this? And I think that's kind of where she's coming from. Um, so, I mean, I, I get why she's mad and, but you're right. It, she could do something to fix it. She's just not equipped to do it right now. No, you know, and when we first met her, you know, she there doesn't seem to be like anything that she wouldn't do. You know, there's nothing that scared her. 
Yeah, and she didn't question she, herself. Yeah, now she's on the outskirts of her <clears throat> very own sense of self. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we switch over to a beautiful shot of the best character <laughs> ever created in the history of television, Pen Pen. Agreed. It's it's such a regal view of his face, too. Like, the way they pan out. And I was, like, looking up. It's so great. So we're back at Misato's apartment to one of the most realistic and just, like, you can feel the tension between the three of them as they awkwardly eat dinner together. Mm-hmm. I love how Pen Pen's just, like, checking the vibe in the room. He's like, nope. Yeah, he's like, I'm <laughs> out. I'm a head out. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, this looks like a lot of fun and everything, but I'm a bounce. Yep. Um, Oz gets, gets up and leaves. He hardly ate anything. They have a little back and forth, and the phone rings, and Oscar is, you know accusing Misao saying, you know, like, you answer. It's probably just Kaji calling for you again. Yep. And she says, that's not going to happen. And I don't know if she realizes the impact of that, but she knows it's not going to be him on the other end of the phone. Which, by the way, for those of you who remember those old school cordless phones, we had one that looked almost exactly like the one in in the show. Do you think it has caller ID? Uh, I bet it does. On the inside of the receiver, there's probably like a green screen that has <laughs> the number that shows up. That's how it used to. That's how we used to roll. Yeah. So while Misato and Oscar are having the stand up, Shinji's like, "All right, I'll answer." <laughs> Such a punk. <laughs> and then Oscar's mad at him for answering it. Like, someone's got to answer this goddamn phone. Seriously, I'm not going to stay here and listen, listen to it ring. I know. And it's for it's for fucking Asuka, too. <laughs> she changes her whole position once I that know. happens. She's so... Just, just, I mean, I'm not... I mean, Asuka frustrates me in general. But I do have a lot of uh, sympathy for her. But there is just... There is nothing that could... I feel like that she could perceive positively right now. Oh, agreed. But she's definitely not in the right state of mind at all. Uh, but she gets a call from her stepmother in Germany. She snatches that phone right out of his hand and starts having this totally fake conversation in in Germany. And not Germany, in German. It's really funny, and kudos to the voice actor on this one. Um, she goes from that shrill Asuka to this, like, really tame <laughs> German chick. <laughs> like, super quick. And it was great. And I thought it was really impactful to show how she, who she really is is covered up a lot of the time by how she thinks she needs to act. And I think that's a good example of that. Like her voice just totally changes the tone of it. That, that shrillness is gone. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. And I think that, you know, her, not only her voice, but the conversation she's having with her stepmother, um, it sounds like, like bullshit. Yeah. Like pleasantries. Like, yeah. Yeah, But the little, little bit that she talks to Shinji afterwards what she says to him is probably the realest glimpse into the real asuka that we've had since her introduction i i would agree with that totally her worlds collided right there and i think 
that's when it got real. Yeah, like it's just like she's just looking at him kindly and just, you know, just talking normal, just saying, you know, I don't hate her or anything. I just get a bit uncomfortable around her. Mm-hmm. But then she like realizes what she's doing and then she puts that wall back up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, it's just the only way she knows how to deal. And those those glimpses are are vulnerable moments for her. They don't happen very often, but they're happening more often now because there's cracks in her armor and a lot more of her is starting to ooze out. And she doesn't know what to do with that because she's always been a certain way and always been a certain type of person and perceived a certain way. And now a lot of new things have been introduced to her that she doesn't know how to deal with. Not being number one, failing at things, um, just not being able to control her Ava because at the beginning of the, the episode, they're talking about, you know, how her sync rates are super low so obviously there's something going on um within her you know some struggle that she's dealing with and it's this two worlds type of thing i think yeah um she goes in to take a bath and she has this spiel about how she's not going to bathe in the same water that shinji and misato bathe in and for most of us listening that's probably like you're probably like yeah i wouldn't do that either (laughs) but it's not at least from what i've learned it's not super uncommon for uh people to kind of take baths um within a household in order using the same um drawn water so her so her not doing yeah i know i know you wouldn't be a fan of that won't even go to freaking water safari with me <laughs> but <laughs> i'll go i just won't go on the water slides i will get my little lounge chair and open up my book and have a grand old time where it's dry but it's not abnormal culture right totally so this is strictly personal not hygienic <laughs> yeah well i mean it it is it, it, it's their custom. I wouldn't particularly be comfortable with it, but that's just me. Um, she does refer to it as the washing machine of life, I think, during this part, which I thought was great. Um, <laughs> that, you know, she's not going to use the same machine that they did. Like, it's been tainted in her mind. And, yeah, it it, it turns really bad really fast. Yeah, I mean, after she's talking about how she's not going to bathe with them, she doesn't not going to use the same washing machine that they use. She doesn't want her to breathe the same air as her. She hates Misato. She hates Shinji. She hates Ray, and most of all, she hates herself. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's the biggest reveal, I think. She, I don't think she really does hate any of those people except for herself. And it's that anger toward herself that's turned outward onto everyone else because she doesn't know how to deal with that. Yeah. And, you know, I described it very delicately in my notes here. I said, um, quote, straight losing her shit. Um, <laughs> and, you know, everyone in the house can hear her just going at everything in the room, just kicking stuff around, screaming just how she hates everything. She doesn't want to be here. And, you know, it's, I mean, as much as I love Misato, you know, it's, you know, kudos to her for doing her best, but she's not a parent. No. And, and she doesn't know what to do. And she doesn't really do anything. Sometimes the best thing to do is to do nothing. 
Um, she was basically just throwing a tantrum and going bonkers. And sometimes you do. You just lose your shit. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's happened to me more times than I'd like to remember. Um, but sometimes you just, you're at your breaking point And there's nothing anyone can say or do that is going to make you feel any better. You're just going to lash back out at them. So I think she did the right thing by not engaging with her and just let it, let her, you know, bang it out. <laughs> well, yeah, in this, in this instance, I think so. But I mean, she hasn't really done anything since she moved in either. No. And I, because I, I think that she doesn't feel the connection to her that she feels with Shinji. And she also, I don't know that she knows how to handle someone like Asuka because handling Shinji and handling her are two totally different things. And she, she's more comfortable with Shinji and she's not with Asuka and the whole ponytail situation makes those waters even more muddied. So I I think, I I guess that was just a good reason why I, I don't think she should have taken Asuka in in the first place. No, 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 no. She needed somebody different than, than Miss M. But then again, who else would there be? Um, it couldn't be ponytail. She was like on the verge of sexual harassment. Yeah, <laughs> if not crossing over the line, you know, all over the place. Right, and dead now. So yeah, she just she she doesn't really have anyone who relates to her that understands her that um, has some sort of common ground with her, and that's it's a very alone feeling being surrounded by all these people, but still feeling alone. I think, and instead of you know clamming up, she just rages, and that's just the way some people react to to their stress, to their trauma, just to rage. But it's really sadness turned outward. Yeah, it's armchair psychology for you. I mean, Asuka is not my favorite character, but it's very um, disturbing to watch her go down this path. I agree. I agree. So we start off again um, with... I think they're doing a sync test. Mm-hmm. Um, and that her sync rates um, have depleted even further from the other day. Uh, and Misato says, you know, like, oh, she just started her period. And Rizuka's like, ah, oh, it's not affected by superficial shit like that, Misato. Come on. It's subconscious. Uh, I had issue with this. And I don't know if it's just me being uber sensitive or whatever, but I feel like this is a common way to blame ways that women behave sometimes is oh yeah it's just because she's you know on her period like i don't know i know that wasn't the intention here but like you go from seeing oscar like flipping out and like having this huge like meltdown to all of a sudden them talking about this um that was one thing the second thing is it is a physiological thing that changes and and so it must have some bearing on her her ability to pilot wouldn't it Apparently not. Well, if we're, well, I would think, because I think not. And given that I am the resident white male, I'm prepared to give my opinion here based on my absolute zero knowledge and experience with the said topic. Um, It's a nice disclaimer. But I think it's important to point out she's saying it's her first period. So I know it's so. If something were 
um, if it were affecting her, I would I would guess that the first one might be a bit more troublesome than if she had been experiencing them for a while. <laughs> that is a fair statement, and that's coming from the resident female <laughs> in, in this group. And uh, yeah, it's it's a bummer. It's it's a bummer. It's allegedly this beautiful thing that happens to every woman, and every woman you'll ever speak to says it's not a beautiful thing. So yeah, it, that could be a factor too. I just I hate I I, I don't. I don't like that being insinuated. So I just had to throw that out there. I know it wasn't intentional and it was all women talking about this, but you know. Yeah. And that, isn't that what Ritsuko kind of hits her back with, you know? Yeah. Just yeah. More. But secondly, I don't think that um, it would have an effect on her sync rate because the sync rate is entirely dependent on your relationship with the soul that's in the Ava. Right. It's more of a mental connection than it is a physiological connection. Right. So even if I, I don't know, broke my leg or something and couldn't run in a race that I had been training six months for, say I was heartbroken and distraught, whatever, and I got into the Ava, assuming I have a good relationship, then that wouldn't really matter how sad I am. In fact, it might help me feel better, you know? Yeah, I get you. That you were, uh, that this is like an extension of yourself, a better physical. Almost like a, like a friend, kind of, yeah. you know? Yeah. Carrying you on his back. <laughs> yeah. Only in this case, in a plug. Exactly. Inserted in the base of your neck. <laughs> so instead of the Ava being like, ah, Asuka, you're on your period. Let's be sexist and make you perform <laughs> poorly. It'd be more like, ah, Asuka, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry, girl. I got you. I got me. I got you. We're all good. That's right. Hey, I. Fair, fair enough. Fair, fair enough. But that's not what's happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is not. It is definitely more of a mental problem than it is a physical problem. Yeah. And so Misato and Risco have a little chit-chat about Asuka. And they're talking about how her pride is in shambles. Um, and Misato... I, they have so many quick little conflicts, the two of them, lately. And they're very contentious. Mm-hmm. You know, Misato's like, oh, you know, maybe this living situation won't work anymore. And Risco kind of makes makes fun of her, you know, saying like, oh, like playing house, your fun time playing house or at an end. And, you know, Misato snaps back by saying, I don't have to take that crap from a lady who drowns her loneliness with cats. To which I will say, this is the first time I am going to disagree with Miss M because uh, I would gladly drown my loneliness with cats. <laughs> yes, exactly. Definitely over children. One hundred percent. And yeah, I was. It, they were really kind of jabbing at each other, like really personally like this isn't just a professional dig like she's digging at how she's you know living her life and miss m both of them are and they're really judgmental about it and really like mean and snappy and 
it's just something's happening with these two and it's getting more and more heated every time. Yeah. So we close, we go over to Asuka again. She's in the bathroom. She's upset about her period. Now she doesn't even want to have kids. It's pointless. It's stupid. She hates it. We're only there for a second, but we've we've been we've had this situation with a few different characters where they're they've been alone in the bathroom and they're kind of having uh, you know this like self reflection moment here. I think we've had it with Misato and Ritsuko before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can relate to Asuka here. Um, I don't know exactly the the words that were used but basically she felt stuck like being a woman and sometimes you do because there are things that you go through physically emotionally that you know it it sucks and you didn't ask for it you didn't you know, have any hand in choosing it it just is what it is and some people think it's great and and have you know an easy time with it other women do not and I think I, I really did kind of relate to her in this little scene. I mean, it wasn't very long, but there are a lot of women out there uh, who feel that way sometimes. Not all the time, and sometimes too much. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just, it's another glimpse into her, her mental state. Yeah, and then, you know what? The, the Lord said, I'm just gonna put a cherry on top following <laughs> this bathroom. <laughs> you were low, low, low. Here we go. So now we get probably out of the... Th- nope, there's one more. There are four, I believe, four iconically still Evangelion scenes. And this is number three. Yep. <laughs> With Two gals Asuka, in an elevator. <laughs> which for me, it was a break in me having to write notes. I just got to relax for a minute. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it is animated. I mean, Asuka does blink. I think she like rubs her nose once. So it's it's she not... sniffs. Yeah, yeah, there's like a sniffle in there. And I think it. I mean, sure, I'm sure it's for budgetary reasons, but also it just makes you feel awkward. Yes, it's it. I I think there's a twofold reason. One, budgetary, but two, to make an impact, and it does make an impact. Because imagine being in that elevator. I'd be like, Ugh. I know. <laughs> This I mean, Ray's rough. just straight up staring at the door. <laughs> she yep. doesn't blink once. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 intense, but I think it's meant to be that way because they're, they're making a statement here. Who is going to talk first? I know, and then Ray's like, you know what? <laughs> Let me give you a little piece of advice. <laughs> here comes Ray with a little nugget of wisdom. Yeah. If you don't open your heart to it, your Ava won't work. And Asuka is like, it doesn't matter what Ray said. I'm pretty sure Asuka would have just fired back no matter what. Yep, exactly. Uh, I got to give props to Ray for quoting a Madonna song. Uh, I don't think they intended to do that, but they did. Open Your Heart by Madonna. Great tune. Even better video. Just so you know. It's definitely canon that Ray is a Madonna fan. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. Ray is... stoic she's vegetarian and she loves madonna I, I all of those things just make sense just just clicks um but she it's interesting that she's the one that tells her this too because she's the least likely t- you would think that kind of has a heart i mean not to be harsh but she doesn't Whoa. she's not affectionate she's not Whoa. you know <laughs> first of all how dare you <laughs> 
Sucked I mean, I'm just, yes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Do you think that this shows Ray getting better? Uh, yeah, I think it says something that she's the one that talks first. Um, you know, there's like that old <laughs> that old tactic who who talks first. Uh, you don't want to be the first one to do it, uh, but she does, and I think that's a big step for her. And to say something as it's quick, short, to the point, and a, a huge something huge for Asuka, all at, in one sentence. And even though it's just one, it's impactful. And I think that's kind of Ray's new mo here is that when she recognizes something, recognizes something, she's just going to say it and put it out there. Yeah, and I mean she's she's given good advice. She's she's correct. Mm-hmm. But you know, Asuka's not having it. You know, she thinks Ray's. You know, she accuses her of being happy that she can't pilot her. And she's like, you know, even if we get attacked by an angel, the invincible Shinji will save us all so you know like what's the what's the point right and and that's just her insecurity coming out yeah and, and then she goes on everybody goes on to attack ray you know saying how she's a doll and this and that just being just being hurtful and the doll thing is important because let's let's remember that you know that's that was her mom's issue was that she had this doll that she was taking care of instead of Asuka. So her, her view of that is very strong compared to most people. So the fact that she's referencing that and getting so angry, I think is a, is a nod to her past. Yeah. And now she storms out. She says how she hates everyone again. She's just when you thought that she like, couldn't get lower she just keeps falling down mm-hmm. yeah she's she's off the rails on this one. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah but she she says to ray she's like you would you do anything for gloves wouldn't you and she says yeah i would <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> yeah in case you didn't know asuka i don't have much else going on <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of my only friend. (laughs) (laughs) My only other friend, our mutual, Shinji, not around much. (laughs) Kind of checked out. (laughs) So we find out that, like, everyone is absent from school. (laughs) I know. Little Glasses breaks my heart. He's like, nobody's here. Like everyone's got a cool job, but him, he's just like, oh, I know. He just wants to pilot Ava. <laughs> yep. But no, Suzuhara, a tracksuit or Toji, whatever you want to call him, he's still in the hospital. Asuka and Rain Shinji are all off doing important pilot work, and then it's just Kensuke, um, aka Glasses and Class Rep, just dulling it out, probably learning about the second impact for the ten thousandth time. You know, right? It's probably just that old guy standing up front, just talking, and nobody's yeah. listening. Yes, that's when the war began. Little <laughs> <laughs> day for the kids. <laughs> so Asuka has this little conversation with Unit Two before she gets in it. Do you think that she is just doing this? Do you think what race had got to her at all? Um, yes, in that she needed to look outside of herself 
for what was wrong, but in pure Oscar fashion, instead of she's not, I, I wouldn't exactly classify this as a conversation. It's more of a talking to that she's having with the Ava, almost like you would talk to like, you know, a pet or, you know, it, it, she just, I, I think it did hit a nerve in that she's now thinking that it could be something else that she's doing, but she's handling it in the only way Oscar knows how. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I think for what I'm about to say, I think it's good to think about the Ava as a horse again. So as if she's talking to a horse that she um, that she rides, that she has a relationship Mm -hmm. with. She's criticizing it for losing its last battle, criticizing it for how long it took to repair or heal itself, saying that it's just like it's supposed to be obedient. It's just supposed to take orders from her. Um, you know, kind of like a doll. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking this as a living being and you're just putting it down like that, I don't think that your relationship with it is going to improve. No, <laughs> not even marginally. <laughs> not many people respond to being yelled at and attacked and criticized. That's usually not how you get people to do things. No. Need some positive reinforcement, Asuka. Yes, totally. Where's that dangling carrot? Yeah, you're y'all are supposed to be a team here. Come on That's now. That's right. That's right. <sighs> it's just sad. Sad to see it. <laughs> These episodes are getting a bit heavy. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some emotional themes going on here for sure. <laughs> I remember just yesterday when we were watching and it was just they were fighting the angel dancing in the sky with music and they were wearing their jazzy youth outfits and getting ramen and everything was dandy and now, now here we are two, a, two mental breakdowns later <laughs> and no now everybody needs complimentary therapy when they're done with the series <laughs> <sighs> Yes, so... So the angel... Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, So the angel appears. It's... I don't even know how to describe what it looks like. (laughs) It's this thing that's bright and looks like wings, almost. It's like, the way that I thought of it was, like, if you were to, like, still shot, like, an eagle... Its wings were coming out like full span. Each stage would be how this angel looks. Does that make any sense? You know, yeah. not like a bird. It's but it's very cool. It looks like a very cool set of glowing dragon wings. Yeah, like I can, I can some see like, that. Some like eighties Euro rock music video or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. That's what's popped up. It's like in a satellite orbit. Um, so, so it's a he... space angel. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so they decide that Ray's going to go up in the unit zero, attack it, and Asuka's going to provide support. And you know what Asuka says? Fuck that. <laughs> she sure does. And you know what? Misato and Rito are basically collectively like, okay, but if you fail, you're off the team. I mean, I don't blame them. <laughs> she, 
she hasn't voted well, so it's this is her opportunity to prove herself. And I think they're just like, okay, if she feels confident enough to go, then do it. But if you don't, I, we don't know what to tell you. This is three strikes and you're out. Yeah. You know, and she hasn't really he disobeyed orders before. Shinji disobeyed orders when and she was fighting the fourth angel, the vagina squid, um, when she told him to you know retreat and he went out and stabbed it and killed it and won but in this instance uh i don't know if she's gonna come out on top (laughs) no yeah she's running on pure emotions here and that's not gonna be good yeah i mean her sink rate's so low anyways she's you know how in the beginning episodes they would always have ray on like backup and stuff because her sink rates weren't that great Mm mm-hmm that's basically where Asuka's at now, except now she's deciding that she should still take the lead. She's not smart. She's all in. She's all in. Um, it's raining. We never really get a raining battle. I think this is our first one. I think so. Or with, with weather in general, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. First, first rain. I imagine weather is probably a, a lot to animate, so... And a lot of rain, from yes. what it looks like. Yeah, they get in buckets. Yes, <laughs> pummeled. Yeah, so she's trying to get the shot lined up. Also, I think this is where they say that Unit 1 is grounded. And she's yeah. just, like, chilling in the plug. Like, Yep, yep, my bad. I, I jumped the gun on that one, but yeah. Doing his thing, sitting in there. Yeah, playing. her gloves instruction. Yeah, just playing Galaga or something in there. <laughs> <laughs> in his ginormous office. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> so she tries to line up the shot. Um, and right as she's about to kind of fire it, there's this beam of light that comes down and Hallelujah starts playing. <laughs> and that's where we get our <laughs> our first thorough introduction to today's angel. And that comes from me. So we are speaking of angel number 15, Ariel, um, as I coined it before, the space angel, as opposed to the earth angels. <laughs> Should have throw that in there, too. Um, its meaning is the light of God, which is not hard to understand, considering it uh, looks like she's just been hit with a giant beam of light. And I think it's hilarious that Alleluia plays during this because it kind of takes me back to all those days I was like falling asleep in church. (laughs) Um, And its symbol is the angel of the birds, which again is unsurprising uh, considering we kind of compared it to a bird um, and that it looks like it on the radar screen. So, and just another quick note, the word Ariel um, refers to a unusually large area which is an expanse of space or region of land Mm. Ariel I thought that was uh, mermaid Um, (laughs) different spelling (laughs) Mm, gotcha totally different world (laughs) she said forget being human I'm going to be a giant orbiting beam of light (laughs) it was quite a turn (laughs) that's a whole other podcast too Suck on this voice, Ursula. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just drown you with this beam of light. Yep. Yeah, so she gets hit with this light. Um, and also, 
I know it's not happening in the real world, but I'd like to imagine that the angel also has built-in speakers and is just blasting hallelujah all around the world, just for dramatic effect. I'll buy it. (laughs) But it is essentially a beam of light that is its sole purpose is to intrude uh, people's minds and psychologically contaminate them sucks <laughs> yeah yeah i believe the term psychological warfare was used um it reminded me of um you know tactics that they use um for terrorists and and things like that i i can't remember i think it was in waco or one of those places where they were piping in music into the compounds like like really heavy metal like death metal music or like just super super loud um and that's what it kind of reminded me because think about that that's that's i mean it messes with your mind because you can't think clearly it's just it's it's really rough and very sinister way to to go after somebody like it's one thing to physically attack but it's another thing to get into somebody's mind like that's straight gray yeah and you know she goes like not not evangelion berserk but like real world real world berserk and she starts shooting the beam just just blasting all over the place and you know she she recognizes that it's trying to get in its in her mind Mm -hmm. and you know she's grasping her head and the ava is just contorting itself in these just very unnerving positions um it doesn't look fun at all no, it doesn't. I mean, she feels as though she's being physically attacked, too. Like, it's in her mind because she knows it's not really happening. There's nothing there except for this light. But she feels this invasion into her. Um, and it's it's painful and it does not look pleasant at all. Despite the fact that it's very pretty the way that it's, like, all the art that's in it. The light and the prismy look and, you know, the way that Ava looks is really cool. But it's a terrible thing that's happening to Asuka this whole time. Oh, yeah. And you know it's you can you can kind of um, infer that it's happening to the Ava too because the Ava does um, berserk. You know it's it's mask or it's face armor splits open and you get its four eyes um, mm-hmm. like we did when they um, when she was with Shinji against um, the big giant whale angel overseas. So yeah, and you can see like uh, there's like flashes of graphs and stuff that are just like all haywire like everything is just totally berserk right now yeah and you know Misato tells her you know withdraw come back and she retorts saying you know she'd rather die than pull back got too much pride she does she does but I you gotta you gotta give her credit she's going down with the ship and she kind of is the captain of that Ava in a lot of respects. So, you know, she's if she's this is the way she's going to go. This is the way she's going to go. Every time she gets in that Ava, she takes the chance of not coming back. So at least she's doing something that she, you know, trying to withstand it as much as she can for as long as she can. So, yeah, I, there's definitely pride there. But at the same time, I, I think it's it's admirable that she's, you know, she's going to see it through to the end and, and see how long she can last. Yeah, but at the same time, I think she's denying herself the chance to fight another day. Possibly. Possibly. So instead, Ray um, comes through with support, um, direct hit at the angel, but it just like you could, it's such a cool shot. It, you see it deflect off of the AT fields and it just like scatter shots 
all around it. Yep. You know, this is, you know, this Angel's like, don't come at me with that weak shit. Come on. <laughs> Fool. You gotta hit me with something harder than that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's all they got. That's like their, that's their ace in the hole, basically. Yep, and she hit it on target. Yeah, you know, as Ray does. <sighs> One shot, Ray. One shot, Ray. Um, and Risco proposes that the angel is trying to understand the human mind. They picked the wrong mind. I know. <laughs> of all the minds on this show, <laughs> that would be like one of the last ones I'd want to get into. But I know. I can't think of have it. Do this to Gendo or something. Right? Throw number two up in there. So we start off with young Asuka holding a little teddy bear thing, um, crying. And someone's talking to her. It seems like Angel is uncovering deep memories and making Asuka relive them. And so that's kind of what we're seeing here. It's kind of similar to what Shinji went through in the Black Hole Sun. Yes, just in a worse way. (laughs) In the worst possible way. Yes. So then we get, you know, like present day Asuka stomping on this doll saying, you know, she's, you know, she she grew up fast. She doesn't need stupid stuffed animals. She's an adult here. Um, And we keep getting this reoccurring shot of this door frame opening and opening. And just having like strange. It looks like the like music video screen when you used to listen to music, you know, like on the computer, you know, and just had those like little colored wavy things going on. You know yep. what I'm talking about? I that's, know exactly what you're talking about. That's what it's that on looks media like. player. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like behind the door. Excellent call. Um, eventually. I think it starts to turn like just white or just red behind the door instead of uh, the mix. And we go back to Asuka saying how she doesn't need a mommy or a daddy. She can live by herself. Um, This is young Asuka saying this. And it's clear that present day Asuka hates all of this. She hates these memories. Um, You know, this isn't this isn't this isn't who she is. And she doesn't want to see all of it. Yeah, she doesn't, because as far as she's concerned, it's been buried, and she doesn't want to bring it up again. And now here it comes being brought up again, and she doesn't know what to do with it, except for it's just so painful for her, physically, emotionally. It's just very, very painful, and she's raging against it. Instead of, like, leaning into it, she's she's fighting it and and just I don't want to remember these things it's not who I am and deep down it isn't but it's what's shaped her and so it's it's a very dark montage with the whole I don't need a mommy and daddy it's like yeah you do girl everybody needs a mommy and daddy (laughs) yeah and if that wasn't bad enough then you know we're just like you know let's just instead of driving really dangerously fast in this highway let's just just curveball it right off the into a ravine here and have this hanging doll rotating asking Asuka to die with her. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. 
just just take a moment and think about that. Like, first of all, that doll is creepy as hell. Like, it just is so creepy. But I guess part of it, that's probably by design. Um, but yeah, and and I'll doesn't she say like I'll I'll go with you or something along those yeah. lines? Um so the doll or her, her mother is asking Asuka to die with her and she responds, I'll die with you, just please don't stop being my mommy. And then it ends with um the voice gets contorted and it gets deeper and it says something like mommy like I don't know who that is who are you and we like end on this close up of this stupid doll face (laughs) (laughs) so weird and I think that's where we get our first um, little inkling that this is clearly the Angel kind of just rooting around in her brain, trying to understand Oscar and just making a mess of it in the process. Like thinking, think of like an investigator or a policeman who suspected you of a crime or like wanted to understand who you were. So they come to your house and they just rifle through all your shit. They knock everything down. They pull everything out of their drawers, pull out old photos, and make you look at them and relive everything in an effort to understand you. But while they're doing that, they're making you, they're just causing you more pain. It's a good analogy. And yes, that's exactly what's happening here. And she um, has... Go ahead, please. That I think that, it, and part of why it goes to when she was a little kid because as we've mentioned before your childhood has everything to do with who you develop into as an adult and so going back to this pivotal point in her life is something that she wanted to forget and be a better person than that and go a different way well now it's all being thrown back up in her face and she doesn't want it that to her it's done and someone rooting around in there trying to figure it out she doesn't understand because it's it's irrelevant it's irrelevant to her um other than it's painful and that's the only part she knows so she gets rid of it and it's it's very unfortunate for her that she hasn't realized yet that she's got to love herself first and she just she just doesn't a lot of that is just self-loathing and she's never been reassured as a person by anybody that she loves no and she keeps it keeps replaying the same few memories um it's her introducing herself it is um when she got to japan for the first or second day it's her accusing shinji of being an idiot it's her saying here's my chance um when she's uh, I think she said that when she was on the ship with Shinji when they were fighting the whale angel um, and they get in the Ava together. And then the last one is her saying, please look at me when she was talking to Kaji from um, the beginning of the episode. And it ends with her just screaming over and over again that that's not who she is. And just kind it's of different voices every time, right? Yeah, so they have her voice, there's Ritsuko's voice, there's Misato's voice, there might be someone else, I can't remember. But yeah, it's a different voice each time. Do you think what do you think there's a significance to that? I mean I'm sure there is. 
I'm well, I I kind of I kind of took it as um, she's almost replaying all the regretful things that she's done through the eyes of the people that are closest and most important in her world right now, and uh, she's saying that's not who I am because it really isn't who she is. But she's built this bravado and this way of being to protect herself, so she knows that it's not who she is. And when she's hearing it from someone else, it's even reinforcing that fact even more because she wouldn't take it from someone outside of herself, especially someone that's in her orbit. So I think it's important that there are different voices because she's hearing that back at herself from the people that are most important, the things that she regrets the most. That's why it's so painful for her to go through all of this. That's just my take. I stand by that. I second that that motion. Word. If anybody has any other theories or anything else they'd like to share, you know where to find us. Full Impact Podcast at gmail.com. No, it's a bit of a long one, but... But worth it. Yeah, worth it. Sign it out. Look it up. (laughs) We will answer. We definitely will. We definitely will answer. And hopefully with the answer you're looking for. (laughs) Yes. And please, leave a review. Leave a like. Please do it. Just take a moment and... Go to that little page of the little stars and put in however many stars you think. It takes like three seconds and it makes two people's days. Two people. I was just going to say, if you want to do your good deed for the day, these two people will be super happy the day that you click those stars. It's so easy and it's so helpful. It's really just a win, win, win situation for everybody. I agree. So after we get that little montage of her reliving her most embarrassing um, and... Uh, yeah, regret moments there. Regretful moments, that's the word. Um, we get her walking along a uh, rail yard in the dark where she's suddenly overtaken by a bunch of masked people. She becomes really crowded. Um, and I think she screams for Kaji, asks him for help. Um, it turns out that all these masked figures are just, they're just Asuka's in this weird red and black pattern. Um, and yes. as she's looking, yeah, and as she's looking for Kaji, Shinji finds his way in there. Uh oh. Yup. <laughs> Shinji creeped his way in there. Yep, and this is where we get Asuka kind of revealing her feelings for Shinji. And what she wanted him to do this whole time, you know, she says, you won't help me, you won't hold me, you won't do anything for me. Um, And we get these really disturbing, like, crayon drawings. um, And just a sobbing young Asuka, screaming that she, that someone looks at at her. Yeah, it it was like kind of... almost what you would think like you know when a psychiatrist or a psychologist like interviews like a kid in a terrible situation like or or a teacher notices like a really disturbing drawing of one of their students like that's what it kind of reminded me of it was, seemed like there was a lot of anger and blackness and you know just uh, a lot of disturbing stuff in crayon <laughs> yeah it's hard to see them but thankfully for you guys i have them all in still pictures here oh. uh, um the first one looks like a house with a person in there and there's just this big red 
splatter thing above its head. Might be blood. Might be not. The next one is a very angry man standing over a woman who is on what I'm assuming is on the floor and also dead and or bleeding. The last one is very dark. It's hard to really see what's happening here. Um, next one is hard to decipher as well. And then the last one is just this creepy looking face with big scary eyes and sharp teeth. Yeah, it's progressively getting worse. Yes. And it seems like this last little push that the angel did here is what's really kind of stripped away and destroyed all of Asuka's walls. She's completely vulnerable, naked, exposed, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's sitting, you know, in this playground naked. And Looking I think this at a is... little version of herself. Right. And I think that this little version of herself is supposed to be um, the angel. A uh, interpretation of the angel um, trying to communicate with her. So it's, I think it's like manifesting itself in a way that's non threatening to her and that she can relate to, you know, a younger version of yourself. Yeah. Giving you a little advice. I mean, she's so damn cute. (laughs) Yeah, much like Shinji's mom did by using Ray when he was absorbed into Unit One. Right. Just using an image that you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she asks if she's lonely, and she screams, "No, get away from me! I'm going to live on my own." Um, and we get more flashing images. We get the severed head of that, um, like monkey stuffed animal, falling against the floor and bouncing. Um, just her kind of reflecting on the things that she keeps saying. You know, she's she can live on her own. She doesn't need anybody. You know, just someone like noticed her, etc. Um, and at the very end, the mini Asuka turns into the have like the face of the doll. It's just really creepy smile and the button eyes and it basically says that you know she know the angel knows that she's lying mm-hmm. um it's quite a mind fuck yes so she, angel calls her out says you're fucking lying and you know it and then we get a big flash of a bunch of words on screen that if you can't read that fast and also can't read japanese you probably don't know what they're saying much like myself Ditto. But I do know what they mean. And I... Why? Because it is the full impact promise <laughs> that we turn over every stone in this show. So there, there you go. There are a Start lot turning. of them. But I will read um, a few of them, if not all of them. We'll see how it goes. So we have internalization, father, mother, missing, uncertainty, separation, escape, contact, obsessive-compulsive, attachment, dependent, void, sympathy, I'm not a doll, don't violate me, stop, no, it hurts, I hate you, emotional reliance, dormant, masculine protest, don't be, actualization, reaction formation, shadow, 
opposing will, compensation. There's a few of them that say don't be that. That one comes up a couple times. Mm-hmm. Temporary assimilation, rational, rationalization, forget, deception, reason for existing, confidence, childhood experience, sense of loss, compensation, symbiosis, hostility, oppression, I, like a person, and then the last one, all the other ones are white with black writing. The very last one is black with white writing. And the last one is death. Ooh. Wow. Interesting. Bam, look if at all I those. Was not knowing what it said at the time and hearing you read that list, what it sounds to me is like a... Almost like a like when you get lab test results back, you know, it's like your your levels of such and such. Like those are all the parts of Asuka that it just ran down. Like those are all of her circuits. That's all of what makes her tick. And not just her specifically. There are some broader themes there, but ideally it's like running down what makes her her. And I thought that was pretty interesting and it's super good to know because now it makes a whole lot more sense. And that considering one, I don't read Japanese. <laughs> uh, don't be is also one of the titles of the episode as well. If you'll remember, yes. So always bringing it back to center. I know. Look at all those stones turned. Damn. Flip, 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 flip. That's a lot of stones. Sure is. So at this, she's she's done. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, what we consider Asuka Langley Soryu is, for all intents and purposes, practically dead. Yeah, she's spent. She feels, I mean, she uses a couple of really harsh words to describe how she feels. Um, like, it, she, she's just completely broken down. Yes. And she's just in the fetal position, in the plug. The Ava powers down. Um... And I, I mean, it's it's a strong, definitely a strong word, but I do think that it is fitting for what she just went through because she and she describes it as that she uh, that she had been mind raped by the yep. angel. Yeah. And I mean, based on what we've seen and what we've what we know, I I would say that's fairly accurate. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it's more about, you know, power over someone else. And this angel has power over every thought in her head. And that is incredibly violating, um, you know, to someone just to tap into your mind and go back and, and through all of your, you know, goods and bads and whatever your combo, whatever your makeup, um, someone could get inside there and see all of that and expose it and, and bring it, you know, all back to you. That's that's terrifying and, and incredibly violating. And so, yeah, and not, not only is it traumatic, but it's physically painful to bring up all of that stuff. So I think even though it's a very harsh way of describing it, I think that's exactly how she felt. Yeah. I mean, she's just utterly humiliated and defiled. Yeah. All of her insides have just been ripped out and put on the outside. Um, So apparently at this point, um, that's when they decide to maybe try and rescue her. Don't know what they've been doing lately. (laughs) Just fucking sitting around with their thumbs up their butts, I guess. 
<laughs> hey, they're in mass production mode. They're not really worried about saving one. They'll just use it for parts, from what it sounds like. And it's un- it's unfortunate that Asuka is so detached and hurt right now that she doesn't get to hear it. I don't know if it would help at all, but Shinji is ready and willing to go help Asuka. She wants to save her. You know, and she says, you know, we can't just leave her like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sad that, you know, she doesn't really... She doesn't get to hear that. It is. It is unfortunate. Um, but, you know, Gendo says, you know, we can't do that. Um, he says, quote, we must avoid any situation where Unit 1 might be compromised. Again, stressing the importance. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and Shinji's balls really drop here in that he kind of mans up and says, I'll go to, I'll save her, you know? And it's it's a good look on Shinji that he's the first one to step up to say that he'd go get her. And then, of course, Gloves has got to shoot it right down like the douche that he is. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he does do something, even if it's for his own gain. Um, she sends Ray down in Unit Zero to Terminal Dogma to retrieve the Spear of Longinus. Mm-hmm. What in the world is the Spear of Longinus, Allison? <laughs> Funny you should ask that, Nick. I actually have an answer for you. Um, so the Spear of Longinus is uh, its technical definition um, is an extraterrestrial artifact with the power to penetrate any AT field, or if you don't remember what AT stands for, that's absolute terror field and immobilize beings of a godlike power. So I guess in researching this, I kind of coined it the trump card of weaponry. (laughs) Seems Uh. like this has the ability to destroy pretty much anything. So this is a huge gun that's being brought out. Um, We haven't seen it yet, but to describe it, it's a double helical shape. Um, It's got two strands that are tightly, tightly wound together at the bottom and then come up into like this fork part. We've seen this before um, when Ray first retrieved it, I believe. Um, So we have seen a glimpse of it. But if you were to look at it up close, it's really only two strands that are twisted together. So it's a toque. It's a toque. It has metamorphic capabilities, and um, just to kind of give you an idea, too, of where they may have gotten this idea um, in the Bible. Ding, 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 ding. What's that? (laughs) It's this book that we've been referencing a lot in this show, and it's actually surprising to me that this knowledge has actually become useful to me. In all the years that I've been learning it. So, um, this is also known as um, the Holy Spear. Now, uh, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, Jesus comes up in the second half of the Bible, which is the Old Testament, or I'm sorry, the New Testament, as opposed to the Old Testament, which is where we've been spending a lot of time during this series. So we're popping into the New Testament, which describes the life and times of Jesus, H. Christ. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Of Jesus. Um, The good old JC, yep. Uh, So, long story, everybody turns on him, and he winds up getting crucified. And 
after he finally succumbs uh, and sends his spirit back to his father, there is a spear that pierces Jesus in his rib cage. And they say that they do it so that you really know that person is dead, <laughs> that there's zero chance that that person is coming back to life. I think further to drive home the point, spoiler alert, that he rises three days later. Um, so this, this ideal uh, and this concept can be traced back to biblical times, like much of the content in the show. Um, so there you go. There's your Bible lesson oh, for the day. That's so peculiar because the spear just happens to be pierced inside the chest of that giant white being that's already crucified on top of a giant red cross. Right? Isn't that strange? Where did they get that from? Where did they possibly come up with that crazy idea? So Misato yeah. asks, she expresses concern that, you know, wouldn't... Ava and Adam coming in contact with each other cause a third impact. You know, isn't shouldn't Gendo be concerned about that? And Gendo says, "He's like, you're like, nah, no, you're stupid. Yeah. You're wrong." Yeah, Gendo seems to give zero fucks about any of this. <laughs> yeah, just so zero. then comes to the conclusion that the second impact wasn't caused by contact with an angel. And she asked me, you know, what was the cause of a second impact? And what would cause a third impact? She's just asking some big-ass questions. Like, girl, we've been asking these questions the entire series. <laughs> Catch up, man. Catch we up. We still don't know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Does that mean you're going to tell us, for Christ's sakes? I know. So, number two, a.k.a. Fiutsuki, says, you know, isn't it, is it too early for this? You know, too early for what, Fiutsuki? Um, and Gendo reassures him, you know, the council has already begun mass production of the Evangelians. This is their chance. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, we can't move back the hands of time, but we can push them forward. Interesting. <laughs> well, technically, according to Ferris, you can crack it open and set it back if you want to. <laughs> For those of you who don't know that reference, that's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Another great movie. Go watch it. I think that's on Netflix right now, too. It might be. Do yourself a favor and watch it. Netflix, Class. why haven't you sponsored us yet? Come on. <laughs> Give me free, free publicity. All these names I'm dropping. It's a mess in here. Seriously. My goodness. So Ray pops down to Terminal Dogma in Unit Zero like a boss. I mean, it is so dope how she's like, this is a great little montage here, I gotta say. I really appreciated it. So she starts wading through this giant ocean of LCL, kind of like me when I'm at the beach and I'm trying to see how far back I can get before (laughs) the waves overtake me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, and we get this, there's like a nerf battleship just floating there. For just God knows what, we're just chilling. Like, nothing ever comes of this ship. I just think it's so funny that it's there for some reason. Like, where yeah. are you going? You never know when you're going to need a ship. How, how'd you get down there? <laughs> you never know. Never know when you got a jam. I guess not. So she comes up to, quote unquote, Adam, mm-hmm. being on the cross, and 
struggles to rip this damn spear out of it. Yeah, it's like the sword and the stone. Yeah. And when she does, uh, it regenerates its rest of its torso and its legs and has these like bulging bumps that have little baby legs protruding out of them. Icky. Yeah, it's it's super creepy. All of a sudden it's like six pack turns into like <laughs> this like gut and then legs form. Yeah. It's like crazy. Like it's like chugging beers down there. <laughs> Just like most of us after quarantine. <laughs> so now that she has a spear, it's time for Ray to pop back up and just wreck shit. Save the day. I know she rises slowly like she's on a fucking concert stage. Like this is Madison Square Garden, mist everywhere. She rises from the stage. Spotlight down. Time to go. Yep. She's not fucking around. She's she's got one shot at this, like always. Mm-hmm. And it's just it amazes me how freaking long this damn despair is. Yeah, it's it's quite a protrusion. <laughs> but yeah, if you can tell, like it's it's wound really like it looks like one piece from the handle, but it's really not. It's it's all wound up, and you can kind of see it a little bit more when they get in close on it. But yeah, it's 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 yeah. a and lot. She gets her footing. She goes to throw it, and as she's about to throw it, it uh, changes and turns into a javelin shape, and she fucking whips that bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, damn through thing. the atmosphere like yeah. a bullet. It freaking clears the skies for, like, an entire continent. <laughs> it kind of reminded me, too, and again, we're going to throw it back to Game of Thrones here. Like, when the guy at the end throws the spear, it's like, one shot, boom. <laughs> she did it. One shot, boom. Boom. I won't so spoil So this thing comes up against its AT field, and it seems like it's not going to be able to get through, but then it just, like, adds this extra power and just... Powers it's like through. a drill that pops Powers out of it. through and he just, just obliterates this stupid ass angel. Yep, gone. Gone. Dead. Dunzo. Deader than anything that has ever died. Yep. Into a very pretty star. <laughs> yes. Just a little blink, like an old Pokemon episode after Team Rocket blasts off. Just a little stink. <laughs> gone. Um, we find out the spear is. Uh, it goes into the lunar orbit and it's kind of just, you know, out of reach for now. Can't really do anything with it. And I love the shot of it just rotating with like the little glimmer of light across it. It's like space trash now. <laughs> yeah. Very pretty space trash. Yeah. And incredibly powerful and deadly space trash, apparently. Yeah. So and it's, it's like gleaming as it floats through. It's pretty cool. It is very cool. Uh, we find out that Asuka is mm, alive per se. <laughs> Not doing well, though. At least physically. <laughs> <Alive. Yeah. laughs> um, and, you know, she's sitting next to Unit 2 as it gets brought back down, and Shinji tries to talk to her. And, you know, she says, you know, he, she's he's glad that she's okay. And, you know, she says, screw you, and oh, I'm not even close to okay. And it's just unfortunate. Just, we have... Just as all these characters are just not equipped to deal with anyone in a healthy way. No, they're really not. But again, I think 
Shinji at least coming to Asuka to try to do something and talk to her, um, even if it is from a distance at first. Like, I think that's saying something about his development, you know, instead of running, he's he's going to her. And then, in, you know, on her side, she's been looking for Shinji to help her and, and show her some love. And, you know, so they're, they're kind of getting closer to that, the more the layers get peeled away. Um, but in the process, it's very painful for both of them. Yeah, and you know, and I just I wonder how if things would have been any different if he had to come up and then ask, you know, are you okay? Instead of just saying, you know, I'm glad you're okay, like just assuming. Right. I'm sure I at this point, I think anything anybody says to Asuka is not going to go down well. She's just too angry and too broken and just can't see clearly right now. But from Shinji's perspective, I think it is a big leap for him to at least go and acknowledge her instead of just avoiding it like he seems to to be his his typical M.O. Yeah. And, you know, she's even more mad that she got saved again, but this time by Ray instead. You know, she says... If it meant being saved by her, I wish I had died instead. I mean, that's bleak. <laughs> yeah. And shows the level of hatred that she has for Ray currently. And, you know, she just was, it, it, it could have been anyone in the world that could have saved her and it had to be her. That's kind of what yeah. she's thinking. And we end the episode with her just saying, I hate you. I hate you all. Yeah, but I think, like we said before, I think the person she hates the most is herself. Oh, yeah. And that's why she's having so many issues, but sadness turned outward is anger. Yeah, so that's the end of the episode. We fade, we don't fade, we cut the black. That's the end of episode 22. We have four episodes left in the series. It don't get any easier. <laughs> no, it certainly <laughs> does not. It does not. Oh, boy, yeah, we're falling down a serious psychological rabbit hole here. It's another good reason to take some time in between episodes and uh, appreciate the good things in life, things that make you happy. And then, you know, come come back, watch the next episode, and, you know, feel like shit, and then you can start the process over again. Or on a more positive note, you can look at these kids and think, wow, my childhood wasn't really that fucked up. <laughs> Maybe I'm doing okay. <laughs> if you want to put a positive spin on it and not get so sad. But don't worry. After the end of the series, we got movies to cover. And we got we more sure movies do. to cover. We so there's sure a lot do. of stuff. It'll all be good. It'll all be good. And, and I bet you'll find some bonus episodes in there won't you nick i think you will find some bonus episodes in fact we will have our very first bonus episode this coming monday so make sure you look out for it this coming monday we will be joined by a very special guest we have an american english teacher who is currently living and working in japan who will be here to answer some of our questions and give us some insights on japanese culture uh, the very culture that we observe in the show that we love so much so make sure you tune in on monday and hear what it's all about it's really interesting you will really love it and it gets you gives you a little quick break uh from some of the heavy stuff that we're talking about into a kind of cool insight into uh what's on the ground over there in japan from from a very special guest so tune in that's monday september 14th you'll see a bonus episode in your feed um and if you don't please 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 subscribe uh like anything you want to do to help uh support our podcast 
podcast. We really appreciate all the ones that have already. It takes no time at all to click those little stars. Um, and it means the world to both of us. Um, as always, we really hope that you guys enjoy listening to this podcast as much as we love making it. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Allison. And with me, as always, is the meticulously creative Nick. I think that's supposed to be me, but that's quite the compliment. (laughs) All true. All true. All right, everyone. Well, do your best. Stay happy and stay healthy. Until next time. Until next time. Thank you.